Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Everything Hoops podcast here on KRN2. I am Daniel Mahoney, the host of this show, and in this episode, I am going to talk about the Western Conference. I'm going to talk about every single team that's in the playoffs and has a chance in the play-in and what you should look out for in the second half of the season. I hope you enjoy the episode and have fun. Let's start with the number one seed in the West, the Denver Nuggets. They are so much fun to watch. They have the number one offensive rating in the league. Nikola Jokic is incredible. He is so hard to guard. If you play him one-on-one, he's going to score in the post. But if you bring a double team, he knows where the double team is coming from and does an incredible job at hitting cutters. The Nuggets are the number two team in the league in most cuts behind the Golden State Warriors, and they score 1.38 points per possession on those cuts. Jamal Murray, he has missed the last six games with a knee injury, but before that injury, Jamal was incredible, showing how good of a shot creator he is. Michael Porter Jr. has been great this year playing off of Jokic, scoring off pin downs. DHOs, cuts, and is shooting 40.6% from three on around seven attempts per game. Another guy who is having a great year playing off of Jokic is Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon is averaging 17.3 points per game, shooting 58.7% from the field. He has been absolutely incredible for them and has been good on defense. The only problem with the Nuggets offense, in my opinion, I think they need to shoot more threes. They're number one in three-point field goal percentage, but they only shoot 30.8 threes per game. But they are top five in pain points, so that makes up for it. I just think for how good they are at shooting threes, I think they should take more. Now let's move on to their defense. Nikola Jokic is not as bad on defense as other people say he is. However, he is pretty slow and struggles to move his feet. And in a playoff series, people are worried that guys like Kyrie, Luka, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, those guys will attack him in the pick and roll and Jokic and the Nuggets will have no chance of stopping them. What these people don't realize is that the Nuggets have better defenders around Nikola Jokic this year. Talked about Aaron Gordon, but there's Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and rookie Christian Brown. The Nuggets also need to play the right defensive scheme in the playoffs. They can't play drop coverage because if they do, they're either going to give up a wide open mid-range pull-up or since Jokic can't protect the rim, they're going to give up a layup in the paint. What the Nuggets need to do is have Jokic either hedge or trap pick and rolls and they do hedge and trap pick and rolls. The Nuggets have more success when they do that and rely on their backside defense and rotations than when they play drop. The Nuggets need to make sure their defensive rotations are good in the playoffs because let's say the low man is late rotating over to the roll, they're just going to give up an easy layup. If the low man is there to stop the roll, but the other weak side defender is not zoning up the two weak side offensive players, they're just going to give up a wide open corner three. The Nuggets have good individual defenders and good team defense to cover for Jokic. And with their offensive talent, I definitely think they are championship contenders. Next, we got the number two seed in the West, 
the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm not the biggest believer in the Grizzlies. I don't trust their half-court offense. Their offense is reliant on transition baskets and offensive rebounds as they are both third in the league in both of those categories. John Morant is absolutely incredible. He is probably the best finisher we have in this league. My only problem with Ja is he needs a consistent jumper. Teams should not be able to sag off him so much and teams should not be going under his screens. If guys had to actually go over Ja Morant, that would take his game to the next level because he can get to the paint, get his floaters, finish at the rim. Dylan Brooks is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. The problem is he takes bad shots that hurts the Grizzlies offense. Jaron Jackson will probably win defensive player of the year this year and got his first all-star team. Congratulations. The problem with Jaron is he needs to stay out of foul trouble. When he's in foul trouble, it hurts the Grizzlies defense because he's not on the floor. This happened last year in the playoffs against the Timberwolves. Yes, the Grizzlies did win that series, but Jaron was in foul trouble every single game and couldn't impact the game. The Grizzlies only won because of the Timberwolves' mistakes in that series. Finally, I want to talk about Steven Adams. He is so important to this team. Since he's been injured, the Grizzlies do not look the same. One, talking about the offensive rebound, Steven Adams is the best offensive rebounder in the league. He is also one of the best screen setters in the NBA. He frees up John Moran, Desmond Bain, Tyus Jones, Also, the Grizzlies run some offense through Steven Adams on the elbow, either DHOs or cuts. They can't go to that anymore because Steven Adams is out. I respect the Grizzlies because I like their team chemistry, how hard they play, their depth like Santi Aldama, John Conchar, Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones, and I love Ja. I just don't think the Grizzlies translate well to playoff basketball, and I personally don't view them as contenders in the West. The number three seed Sacramento Kings are having a great season. De'Aaron Fox has been great all year. Demonis Sabonis is such a skilled post scorer and a good passer. They have great three-point shooting. Keegan Murray has been the best three-point shooter in this year's draft. They have good depth. The problem is their defense is just not good enough. They don't have the perimeter defenders. They don't have the interior defenders to really make a run in the playoffs. But they've been so fun to watch and I I'm pretty sure they will make the playoffs. Now we got the fourth seed LA Clippers who signed Russell Westbrook and I don't know how to feel about it. Yes, they need someone to attack the paint as they were 20th in drives. And with the amount of shooting that the Clippers have, Russ should be perfectly fine in that aspect. But I think in my opinion, the Clippers were perfectly fine with this roster with the trade deadline moves they made. Bones Highland and Eric Gordon are two both good bench players that can attack the basket and they got Mason Plumlee a solid backup center. But Russ does help. He's a very good player. 
I just think the Clippers had the right formula. Terrence Mann was playing so good as the starting point guard. Now he's going to lose minutes and probably isn't going to start. I'm interested to see the lineups that Tyron Lue runs. I mean, he can't run a lineup with Russell Westbrook, Bones, Highland, Eric Gordon. That three-guard lineup is not going to work. So I'm definitely interested what Tyron Lue's going to do because I feel like the Clippers have too much depth right now. And finally, I'm interested to see how Russ will close games or even will he close games because Russ always struggles in the clutch due to his decision making, but also the ball is going to be in Kawhi and PG's hands in the clutch, which means Russ is going to be playing off the ball the majority of the time and he can't space the floor. So his guy can just help off him and double team Kawhi and PG. It's going to be four on five. I still believe in the Clippers because of their star power depth and I really think Tyron Lue is a good coach but I'm just interested to see the fit. The Suns have struggled this year due to the injuries of Chris Paul and Devin Booker and also Chris Paul regressing as a scorer but the Suns they traded for Kevin Durant and he's a superstar and on paper the Suns are really talented. The Suns are going to be really hard to stop offensively because Chris Paul still picks apart defenses really well and gets his teammates good looks. You got two of the best shot creators in the league in Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. And even though I have questions about DeAndre Aiden because sometimes he doesn't play hard enough, he's still a skilled big, a good face-up score, a good post score. He's solid. My questions have to do with the bench. Josh Okogie has been really good the last four games and he needs to continue to play like that. Damian Lee has been shooting the three well, but besides that, this team is really not deep. Losing Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, that's going to hurt, especially defensively. Those are your two best perimeter defenders. And we saw in the Clippers game, the Suns couldn't stay in front of anyone and the Clippers were able to get into the paint so easily. So I do have questions about the Suns defense, but on paper, this offense will be hard to stop. So I do consider the Suns a contender. Can they play good enough defense to get out of the West is my question. The number six seed Dallas Mavericks also made a big move during the trade deadline, trading for Kyrie Irving. The Mavericks have gone 0-2 in their first two games with Kyrie and Luka, one being a close one against the Kings in overtime, another one where they almost came back down 20 against the Minnesota Timberwolves and Kyrie went absolutely crazy in the fourth. There have still been promising things in those two games. I think the Mavericks need to continue to run plays that makes the defense have to guard Kyrie and Luka. It's a good idea to run pin downs, run staggers, run horn sets. I want to see more Spain pick and roll with them. Imagine Luka as the ball handler, Kyrie setting the back pick and then popping for a three. That's extremely tough for defenses to guard. I also want to see more Luka and Kyrie pick and rolls because how are you supposed to guard that? If you hedge it, then Kyrie can just pop and get an open three or Luka can hit Kyrie in the short roll and Kyrie can make a play there. If you switch it, Luka is going to have a mismatch and he's going to score one-on-one. So I think it's an extremely important thing for their offense to run that two-man game. Now the problems I have 
with the Mavericks. Number one, their defensive scheme. On pick and rolls, they play drop coverage, which they should not be doing that because you should only play drop coverage if you have a rim protecting big. Brooke Lopez of the Bucks is an example. Dwight Powell and Christian Wood are not good in drop coverage. They should be hedging those pick and rolls so teams cannot get into the paint so easily. If guys get into the paint easily, they're going to finish over Dwight Powell and Christian Wood who aren't rim protectors. So I think changing their defensive scheme could be a way of them becoming better defensively. But also they have perimeter defenders. I hate when people say that the Mavericks don't have perimeter defenders. Josh Green is a really good perimeter defender. He struggled the last two games before the all-star break but he is good Reggie Bullock I'm more concerned with but he has shown he is a good perimeter defender anyways I want to move on and talk about Jason Kidd as the coach the number one problem is I think Christian Wood should start over Dwight Powell I understand Christian Wood does not give really any effort defensively but he makes this Mavericks team so much harder to guard offensively. He is a bigger threat because he can space the floor, but he can also finish at the rim and he has a good handle for a center. Dwight Powell doesn't do anything offensively besides catch lobs and he's a complete liability for this offense. And I would understand if Jason Kidd wanted a defensive center, but Dwight Powell is really bad defensively too. So I don't understand why you would not start Christian Wood for the offense. So I'm not really sure if I can call the Mavericks a contender because I got problems with their coaching, their defense. Another thing that I didn't mention, their role players need to hit their wide open threes. When teams double team Kyrie and Luka, they're going to make the right plays, but sometimes their teammates don't hit wide open threes and that may be a problem in the playoffs but with Luka and Kyrie this duo can be so unstoppable in the playoffs because of how good of shot creators they are. The number seven New Orleans Pelicans you just gotta feel bad for them because their season has been ruined by injuries. There's a lot of talent but Brandon Ingram and Zion have missed a big part of the season. Zion had another setback. Brandon Ingram is playing really well so shout out to him but the injuries have hurt them so much. Their defense is really good. They got length. They got athleticism. They're extremely disruptive. They force turnovers. It's extremely fun to watch them on defense sometimes but Jonas Valanciunas is a complete liability for them defensively. He is so slow and he doesn't even protect the rim so he doesn't give them anything defensively. Herb Jones is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. Jose Alvarado is a pest. Trey Murphy is a beast on that end too and he's also a great offensive player, great shooter, and has great athleticism. Another problem that I have with the Pelicans is their floor spacing. They don't take threes and they really don't shoot well from the three. That's where Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado needs to get better. But that's also where you need to find a better fit at the center position because Jonas Valanciunas does not space the floor. He doesn't help you there. But also shout out to CJ McCollum. He started off the year a little slow, but he's back to his normal self. He's a really good shot creator. He's a good scorer. Anyways, I don't view the Pelicans as a contender, but 
they got so much young talent. I feel like with the injuries, people forget just how special Zion is, how dominant he is in the paint. You can't stop him when he gets there. His gravity is so incredible. He creates open shots for his teammates. He's a great player, and I think the Pelicans are in a good spot, especially with that Lakers pick. Now the Minnesota Timberwolves, who traded for Rudy Gobert during the offseason. It didn't work out well to start, but they are playing better, and they are the 8th seed right now. Anthony Edwards has been so good. We know how athletic he is. We know how great he is in transition, finishing at the rim. He's a good shot maker. But what has impressed me the most is his defense. He wants to guard the opposing team's best player. We saw it in the Mavericks game when he guarded Kyrie with Jaden McDaniels. Jaden McDaniels guarded Luka and how they locked them down. Speaking about Jaden McDaniels, he's probably the best perimeter defender in the league and will most likely make an all-defensive team this year. There's a reason why the Timberwolves traded five first-round picks, which people are like, why are you doing that? It's either you trade Jaden McDaniels to the Jazz or you trade five first-round picks. Jaden McDaniels is more valuable. Once again, one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. He can hit some threes. He can create off the dribble. His length is incredible. I think he's a future all-star in my opinion. The Timberwolves also have good role players. Mike Conley is a better fit for this team because he doesn't shoot as much and he has better chemistry with Rudy Gobert. Torian Prince and Kyle Anderson are both good wings and Nas Reed is probably the most underrated backup center in the league because of his offensive skill. My question with the Timberwolves is when Cat comes back Carl Anthony Towns how are they supposed to close games with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns especially in the playoffs when it's about playing small and also matchup hunting I don't understand how two bigs that struggle to guard out in the perimeter will have success the number nine seed Golden State Warriors who were the champs last year but are struggling this year due to injury. Steph Curry is obviously out. That whole drama with Gary Payne, he's going to be out for a little bit and Andrew Wiggins has missed a decent amount of time and Clay can barely play back to backs. But talking about the Warriors problems on the court, that's to do with their defense since they don't have a rim protector. They have to overhelp, especially Draymond. He overhelps a lot and it leads to wide open threes and also how they close out games. When they close games, they usually settle for contested jumpers and that leads to them losing a lot of close ones. The culprit is Jordan Poole. He takes a lot of bad shots and makes bad decisions. For the Warriors, it starts with health. Because if you think of a healthy Golden State Warriors lineup, Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, Kevon Looney, Jordan Poole, Dante DiVincenzo, Jonathan Kuminga, and Gary Payne, that's probably one of the best defenses in the league because everyone in that lineup, except for Jordan Poole, is a plus defender. So, of course, I think the Warriors can win a championship. I think it's about them staying healthy because if they're playing Anthony Lamb in the playoffs, I don't think they have a good chance of winning. 
The Oklahoma City Thunder have had a good year and they're one of my favorite young teams to watch because Shea Gilgis Alexander is one of my favorite players in the league. He's so smooth offensively, can get to his spot, score in isolation, good mid-range score, is a creative finisher. He's also a good playmaker and he can get his teammates wide open threes. Josh Giddy is having a great second year. He was always a great passer in his rookie year, but he wasn't really a threat to score. Now he has improved offensively and is averaging 16 points per game, which is huge for him. Jalen Williams, the rookie from Santa Clara, has been really good. He's another ball handler that can score. He's also a good defender. Speaking about being a good defender, Luke Dort is a great defender. He's probably going to make an all-defensive team and is so important to what this team does on that end. They are number 11th in defensive rating right now, and that is without Chet because they got a lot of versatility defensively. They can switch really well, and they can force turnovers, and they turn those turnovers into points. They're really good in transition. So can the Thunder get out of the play-in? I think so. It's a possibility because of their young talent, how special Shea is as an offensive player. They're good defensively. But even if they don't, the Thunder have such a promising future. The Utah Jazz are the 11th seed, and Lowry Markkinen has been absolutely incredible this year, averaging around 24 points per game. Will Hardy has done a really good job as a first-time head coach for this team. I just don't think that the Jazz right now want to win. I also think their defense is really bad. They sometimes fall asleep. They don't communicate well. Their transition defense is bad. But also shout out to Colin Sexton. He has been good coming back from injury. And Oshai Abaji is also a promising rookie. But also Walker Kessler, of course. He has had an underrated rookie incredible rim protector incredible in drop has nice hands and is a good finisher around the basket so the Jazz have a good young core and good draft capital I just don't think they will make a push even for the play-in because I don't think their defense is good enough Right now, the number 12th seed Portland Trailblazers. Dame is so fun to watch. He's been incredible. Again, he's so talented. Anthony Simons, unfortunately, got injured against the Lakers. Jeremy Grant... He has slowed down a little, especially with his three-point shooting, but he's still a good player. I like them trading for Cam Reddish and Matisse Thybul. I think they can help the Blazers out. I really like Shaden Sharp. He's so athletic. He can throw down posters. He's a good shot maker. He has so much potential. The Blazers just need to unlock that potential. But the reason why I don't think the Blazers will really make much noise is because because like the Jazz, their defense is not good. If their defense was better, then I would give them a chance because Damian Lillard is so incredible offensively. But that defense is just not good enough in my opinion. Now the number 13 LA Lakers who moved on from Russ and got players that fit their system more. D'Lo, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. The Lakers had a big win over the Pelicans before the break. That's 
how they need to play. They need to move the ball. They need to play off of each other. D'Lo gives the Lakers something that they really didn't have with Russ. A guy that can hit pull-up jumpers off a pick and roll. He has a good two-man game with AD already. He plays off LeBron and AD better because he can space the floor unlike Russ. And speaking about spacing the floor, Malik Beasley, he can come off pin downs, come off flare screens, and he can hit moving threes, which is pretty huge for this Lakers offense that lacks shooting and also Jared Vanderbilt he's a really good defender he was the one who was guarding Brandon Ingram fighting through screens and contesting shots he's also an energy guy and a great offensive rebounder something that the Lakers didn't have before the trade deadline this team has better depth they got the talent the question will be, can they continue to play like this? And how is LeBron's uh, hand injury? Uh, because he got injured in the All-Star game. So the Lakers will have to stay healthy. That is extremely important. And just to make it clear, I don't think they'll make it to the play-in. The reason why is you got to bank on someone else in the West dropping off for that to happen. And I don't really see any of the top 10 teams really falling off besides the Thunder but that's disrespectful to them they're a great young team they play hard so I think they're going to stay in the top 10 and talking about the three guys that the Lakers traded for yes they're important and yes they help the Lakers but there's also question marks about them because D'Lo and Malik Beasley are both bad defensively and they're both inconsistent so how do you start those two together how do you close a game with them together? And also speaking about closing games, Jared Vanderbilt can't space the floor. So it's hard to close a game with him. So there's a lot of questions with the Lakers. So I don't even think they'll make the play in, but they looked good against the Pelicans. So they need to play like that. Now, who do I think will get out of the West? I think it's the Denver Nuggets. I think it's the safest pick because of how good they are offensively, how good they move the ball, the shots they generate, the talent they have. Obviously, Jokic is so incredible. Jamal Murray, if he continues to play like this, he's going to be great. Michael Porter Jr. is going to space out the floor. You have good depth, good bench pieces, good defensive pieces next to Nikola Jokic. I think if they just find out how to defend as a team, which they have shown they can defend as a team, they can rotate and they can help out Jokic defensively. I feel like the Nuggets are the team that are going to get out of the West and I think they're kind of getting disrespected because other people are saying that the Suns are going to make it out of the West which is understandable. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are going to be such a fun duo to watch. Chris Paul even though he's having a bad year you still got to give him credit for being such a great playmaker being such a good floor general. I think the question comes with their defense. Remember what happened in the playoffs last year when Luka Doncic completely exposed everyone except for Mikel Bridges? Now Mikel Bridges is gone and they don't have their best perimeter defender. What the Suns need to do better this year is don't leave guys on an island. In that Luka Doncic series, they just had everyone guard Luka Doncic one-on-one and he absolutely toasted every single defender in his way. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, Cameron Johnson, who's also not on the Suns. But defend as a team. So just communicate where your help is and make sure Luka sees two bodies. Don't let him just go to work one 
one-on-one because he's too good of an ISO scorer. Anyways, of course I think the Mavericks with Luka Doncic can make a run. I never disrespect Luka Magic. My problem is Jason Kidd. I don't think he's a good coach. I am worried that he'll make the wrong adjustments and he'll be the reason why the Mavericks lose. I'm excited to see what Josh Green does for the second half of the season. His last two games before the end of the break were not good against the Timberwolves and the Nuggets. I feel like he needs that break. He was playing heavy minutes. So I'm excited for him. I'm excited about the Kyrie and Luka duo in the playoffs because of how good they are as scores, how Luka reads the game, but also because of the gravity both of those guys have. They draw so much defensive attention because of how good they are, and they always draw double teams, which will lead to easier shots for the Mavericks. But once again, Jason Kidd, I just do not trust him. Now I feel like we gotta talk about the Golden State Warriors. Once again, I would be dumb to say they don't have a chance because with Steph Curry healthy, that team looks absolutely incredible. Remember, we talk about gravity. Steph Curry's gravity is so ridiculous. Whenever he comes off a pin down, two come to him. That leaves Kevon Looney open for a slip. He creates such such easy shots for his teammates. So I would be crazy to say a team with Steph Curry does not have a chance, especially when they've won the championship four times. And that lineup, when everyone's healthy, I think it will be good defensively. And Steve Kerr is a really good coach. So I would be dumb by saying that the Warriors don't have a chance. And I would also be dumb saying a team like the Nuggets or the Grizzlies could beat them easily. You do not want to see these guys in the first round. That's crazy. Teams that would want to win the West... Obviously the Kings because I'm I'm enjoying watching them play. But once again, the defense and the Clippers because with all the Russ talk and the Russ hate, I would like to see him win a championship, especially with that vampire comment. I really like Paul George. I like basically all the players on the Clippers. I just don't understand why they made this move. I thought that they were good, but who knows? They do have the talent and the death to win a championship and Kawhi in the playoffs is a different monster and he's been playing so good besides that Phoenix Suns game where he shot 5 for 18 but yeah he's really good now I do not know who's going to win the West but all I know it's going to be so competitive and so much fun something that you do not want to miss I'm not going to miss as a fan I think These playoffs in the West are going to be so competitive and hopefully they do not let me down. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the Everything Hoops podcast. Next episode, I will talk about every single team in the Eastern Conference and what to look forward to in those playoffs. I'm pretty excited because I'm a Bulls fan, so I get to talk about how we're not going to make the plan, but also talk about the two-headed monster in the East, the Bucks and the Celtics. It's going to be a fun episode.